Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Today, well, how should I start this? Okay, friends. So, you know I love bringing on everybody from any walk of life. Like, that's just an open invitation to come and tell your story. But I met Christian Jones, and my favorite thing about her whole program and everything she stands for and everything she's doing is she has a safe space for the healers and the spiritual businesses and all of our Reiki practitioners, all of us energy workers that are building our businesses, giving, 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 giving. Have you ever stopped to wonder like, is there a place for me to still go and develop where I, like I can be the student, even though I still have to go out and be the teacher? Cause there's still like a balance in that, right? So when I came across her work, her website, went down the rabbit hole of everything she's doing, I had to talk to her and bring her on today. We're gonna talk about Healing the witch wound, which if you don't know what that is, we'll definitely get into later. We're going to go through her whole evolution story and how she got to where she is and where she really found her niche at supporting the people that are supporting the people. You know what I mean? So thank you so much for coming on and what's up? How's your day? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be here. That was quite the intro. Thank you. (laughs) I try to wing it the best I can and try not to take up too much time at the same time. I love it. It's awesome. That's great. So, my goodness, where do we even begin? I'm getting flashbacks from the last talk that we even had. And I'm like, I wish I had taken better notes now because I don't even know where to begin. So, starting off, let's talk about how you support healers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We first met, like, for the pre-interview. It was almost like we could have recorded that and it would have been like, bam. I think the same thing. And that, happens, yeah, right? that doesn't happen every time. You wish it did. But I do remember getting off the phone with you and being like, shit, should I start? Should I start recording my pre-interviews? Right? You know? It was so good. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, I'm a spiritual business coach for healers. And one of my like sole missions is to really support healers, lightworkers, soulpreneurs, witches, you know, anyone that falls in that, in that genre, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm to strip away the layers and step into their own power, that rising Phoenix energy where, you know, we give and give and give as healers because I also offer healing sessions myself. And so we find ourselves with these huge hearts, just really giving. And we also get to be supported during this giving process through the, through extra healing work through, you know, having business support as well. And that's what I do. I love it. Honestly, you're the first person I've met that does this work. I'm, I know you're not the only one, so I don't want to offend anybody by saying that. But when I came across that, I was like, oh, thank God. There's help. <laughs> right. So what are the, what are the usual um, like higher percentage things that most people come with when they're coming to help you with stripping away, I guess I just gave one away, stripping away those limiting beliefs, but what are a couple things that you see are mainly connected through all practitioners? Mm, Wow. A hundred percent, it's fears of being seen and heard, a fear of judgment, 
and the good girl energy. And, you know, these all tie back to the witch wounds as well very often. But those are the main ones that I see. It's like, what am I going to, what's going to happen if I show up and share my truth online and tell everybody that I have all of these gifts and abilities, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are the big ones that I see. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I I can only speak from like stories that I've heard from friends or like my direct experience. And I feel very seen in that, especially when you're tapping into these abilities and deciding like, do I even want to do anything like this? Because there's so many different levels that are people that dive into it 100% and do it all the time. And literally like their whole business is psychic mediums, Reiki, you know, there's the people that just have like the bag of tricks out there. But when you're really getting into that work, it is such a psychological mess and it's such a psych out that you have with yourself before you even present it. And even after you present it, that's what I found out. Like I remember making my first post because I started doing like TikTok stuff to get like more comfortable with collective and seeing how it felt and dabbling into what I wanted to do more while honoring all the other things I want to do. And I remember (laughs) I was okay with making the post. It's not like I had like fear about it, but I I recognized the thought was coming, but I didn't attach myself to it to stop me from doing. I was like, this is what I do. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm learning. Take it or leave it. Just like you said before we started recording, like this is my authentic self. Like you don't like it, go on. And that's a powerful vibration to put out. But I also think it's a powerful affirmation of protection to yourself. Mm. That's for me specifically, because I'm like, I'm putting it out in the universe like, what whoever vibrates towards me and I get to work with, I really leave it to vibration and frequency. I don't leave it to emotion and insecurity. And I still have to think that way when I put up like my boundaries, because there's always going to be opinions everywhere. You know, everyone has one and they feel like it's supremely valid, especially when it's negative. They just feel like they need to tell you that like you're dabbling in the devil's work. But I'm not going to take any time. I'm not going to take any time out of my day to give you a history lesson, to give you an ancient knowledge lesson, or like I'm so past that. I think everybody goes through that where there's even a proving moment in that. You meet a lot of skeptics. So many little beginner stages that I still find myself getting pulled back to, but then it's so much easier to break out of when it continuously comes up over and over and over. So, do you have tips and tricks for? not falling back into those pathways when you do kind of get dinged by somebody being negative about you coming out with spiritual gifts? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that was coming up was, I mean, that is an amazing space to be in and not everybody is in that space. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that sometimes it is the beginners that I see the most, but when you step more into your power and you're stripping away those layers, limiting beliefs, fears, all of those things that are not serving you, that's when you just really don't give a shit anymore. Right. And I really feel like this is where the mindset comes in. And what I see often is in the, in the healer community. And I was like, look, I'm going to call you out, but I'm also going to call myself out because I've been there too. The healing community tends to, be in this space of 
oh, I see what everybody else is doing, but I have these gifts and abilities, so I'm just going to heal myself. But the truth is we can only meet ourselves where our limitations are, and we can only see so far, whereas when we hire the support, then we get to see our blind spots being pointed out to liberate ourselves even more. And so having that support system to be able to help you peel back those layers because the truth is we can only take ourselves as far as our limitations will take us and then you know and then it's like okay well what's next and so the inner work is absolutely vital um continuing to look at why you are afraid why when haters come on your or skeptics come on your tiktok or your social media or wherever you are so looking at that trigger why you are triggered in the first place what are you this is one of my favorite questions what are you making it mean about you Mm, that's really good yes and because you someone else right that's one of my absolute favorite questions because sometimes it's like show-stopping question you're like oh yeah you realize you're in control of it that's the best part about the question immediately you're like whoa 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 let me back up right Wow. (laughs) repeat it one more time because i just got overly excited and forgot it what are you making it mean about you? What are you making it mean about you? I absolutely love that. Yeah. I am going to use that, but I am going to quote that I learned it from you because I'm a big credit for credit <laughs> yes. to you. I don't like taking other people's stuff. So if well, I I'm it, sure that I learned it from someone else too. Like, yeah. You know. It's, but it's so powerful. Yes. And it's, and that is just it, that we get to realize that we have the power all along for giving it to other people through our triggers. And that is part of the human experience. Like it's going to happen. Welcome to being human on planet earth Mm -hmm. and also take the power out, take the, I'm sorry, take the, the trigger, the fears, the limiting beliefs and any low vibrations out of your body, put it into your hand and see, oh, actually I'm holding my own power. I do not have to live with this, this energy, this low vibration or somebody else's opinions that are, that mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there's almost a comfort zone in keeping those insecurities too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that you ask that because this came up, I can't even remember, in the past week, I want to say it was, I was having a conversation with someone in my DMs, just someone that I've become really good friends with, whatever, who is a witch, and she was talking about her money mindset, and I was like, I wonder if you have gotten to the point where this is just comfortable for you to live in this space and where it's like, you do want more, but do you actually, because this is your comfort zone. You don't know anything else you've never known. And you say you're doing the work, but actually I wonder if you've actually cut the cord. And that was that moment that look that you just gave me. I was like, Oh, Oh. and yes, like, you know, we, and that's where energetics comes in as well, where it's like, you know, energetically, what are we making ourselves available for? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of that concept of, I love the book called The Big Leap. It's kind of this concept where things are going really good in your life and you really want things to be even better. But then every time things go up a little bit, 
something else in your life crashes, like maybe a fight with your spouse or, you know, or an unexpected bill or, you know, whatever. Yeah. All that 3D stuff that we mm-hmm. love to take. Right. On. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So when you say healing the witch wound, what do you mean? Mm. Yeah. So when it comes to healing the witch wound, the witch wound shows up in several different ways. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, how do I even know that I have the witch wound? And if you identify as being a healer or a light worker, chances are that you were a witch in a past life. Or if you identify with like, if maybe you're looking at images or, you know, you're doing, doing all this research, you're really connected with nature or anything of that nature, then it's like, there's a good chance that you were, you can also find out through past life regressions and stuff like that. Or it's ancestral where someone in your family was a witch in a past life as well. And so this shows up in various different ways of like irrational fears And when I say irrational, like for me, it was tarot cards, (laughs) Um, maybe an irrational fear of water or fire. It could show up in the fear of being seen and heard. And the one that's really not talked about a lot is the sisterhood wound, Mm. where it's just like, oh, I'd rather hang out with guys because they're less drama. And where that may be true and where you may also have uh, situations in your life this lifetime that have caused you to not really trust women, where is that actually coming from as well? And so these witch wounds are showing up in various different ways in our life that are really inhibiting us from moving to that next step forward. That reminds me of the broken feminine. Mm. Especially with realizing or wondering like why, maybe not like Struggling with female relationships. I mean, there is that category, but using me as the guinea pig for the story. Um, Going out in, like, groups where there are massive amounts of, like, women and, like, in circles or anything like that and, like, walking into those rooms. Because we're all checking each other out, right? I mean, we do it. Maybe it's a positive thing. Maybe it's a comparative thing. Maybe it's a negative thing. Like, so many different ways you could look at it. Um, And I... One, a birth chart reader really helped me identify that at the beginning of my awakening, and then it carried over however many years, and then eventually I got to the broken feminine aspect, and I was just like, shit. Right. You know, and you just, like, had to look in the mirror with yourself, and you're like, maybe I am not good at that. Okay, well, shit. How do I do this? (laughs) Oh, my God. And you know what's interesting is that wounded feminine or the broken feminine that has come up so many times the past week so I think like on a collective scale I think there's something something happening right now where we're all recognizing that like this this wounded feminine energy or the broken feminine energy and which is so powerful and I know it's it's interesting because like when you're scanning the room my husband tonight he's in the air force and we have like this military event tonight and so you know before it would all it would be like oh do i have to hang out with the other spouses like my husband and his friends are all a bunch of smart asses and that's just how i am and it's funny and it's light and and the women are talking about deep stuff that i'm like really don't want to talk about now i'm like cool how could like go in with an energy of like first of all I'm going to protect my energy because who knows what everybody else is carrying Mm -hmm, (laughs) but also it's like 
you know, how can I just make this, bring my own energy in it and make it light and fun? Or like my son had um, a school field trip on Wednesday and I don't normally go to them. I was never that mom that wanted to be the uh, the classroom mom? helper or the yeah. chaperone mom. But I was this time and there was actually a lot of other moms there. And, you know, when it comes to like the scanning before, it was like you mentioned. And now I found myself just kind of observing the situation and what the energy was. And then deciding if I wanted to like be part of whatever was going on or, you know, where I wanted to place my own energy as well. And I got to choose that. And then I let everybody else just come to me. But in the meantime, I was like connecting with other moms that felt aligned that I could feel like their energy felt in alignment. And that is really cool and powerful way to use our gifts as a healer, as an empath. Yeah. And just using it for like everyday stuff. Right. Because I mean, these these gifts, whatever you would like to refer to them as, they're not just to keep you in a 5D state of mind all the time where you just feel like you're tripping balls in the 3D and like you can't do it. (laughs) I was listening to Abraham Hicks the other day and they were talking about, you know, getting your vibe right, make sure your toaster's plugged in so you can make toast kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, we were talking to Esther the other day about furniture. Okay, we will help you with anything. And I always have to remind that because I, I do get a lot of guidance and, and guidance and a lot of help in my 3D part. But that is where most of my skepticism has finally lied. Like that's the new awareness. It's like, oh yeah, if I'm doing Reiki or tarot or meditation, like anything with that like spiritual label on it, I'm like, obviously the energy's flowing. But it doesn't shut off when I have to go pick my kid up from daycare. Oh it doesn't my God, no. shut off when I intuitively know if, like the daycare provider is not having a good day, you know, like those things are still with us. But for me to like connect the dots that, I mean, my left brain to get on the page is what I, my, I should say, because my right brain's like, shut up, lefty, we got this. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, come on, guys, work together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And rooms is fun. There's such a misconception that. Well, first of all, we need to be grounded as human beings. Like we can be high vibrating souls. You are a high vibrating soul. Chances are, if you're listening to us right now and you found this podcast, you are a high high vibrating soul having this human experience. And just because we're in this 3D body doesn't mean we only have to be 3D. And just because you're a high vibrating soul doesn't mean you have to be 5D, 6D, whatever plus. You get to both, right? You get to as above, so below. And then we overcomplicate the shit out of everything. It's like... (laughs) like all these really big rituals to connect to your spirit guides and stuff where it's beautiful and always do what's aligned for you. But I'm walking around having conversations with my spirit guides literally all day. I'm not disconnected. We are all one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are all one. And so you can just, you know, obviously have that respect, but they like you guys chose each other. So you're just with your homies and they're supporting you. And why does it have to be anything bigger than that? So, Back to like walking into the room, dealing with other women, spouses, anybody in general. So I was literally just on the phone with my best friend today because she's getting ready to go out for her birthday. So she's got her outfit. 
She's got nails, hair, spray tan. I mean, she's a she could be a goddess in a sweatshirt, but she really puts on a freaking show, right? I mean, <laughs> she dresses to the nines. She's the Kim Kardashian of our friend group, and I <laughs> kindly envy the outfits that she wears because I don't want to feel the looks of desire and false, naughty intentions when people look at me if I'm dressed like that. So I do prefer to cover myself up more as a protection thing, but I am so empowered by the way that she puts herself out there, like truly so beautiful. Like I could just compliment her all day long. But she was like, yeah, I'm really excited about this outfit. I'm really excited about tonight. She's like, but I'm like freaking out. And I was like, what on earth do you have anything to freak out? Like, dude, you rock that whole vibe better than an Instagram model. And you have a personality and a kind heart to back it up with, which is not seen a lot in women right. of your caliber is the best thing that I could say. Like they really are locked into the superficiality of things. Right. Not to call anybody out. I'm just going on observation. So I said, tell me what's going on. And she's like, oh, you know, like my body's been changing a little bit. It's not the way that I usually like it to look like normal insecure things that all of us girls go through with the normal hormonal fluctuation of our bodies. One day we have abs, one day we don't, however it goes about. And I said, okay, so like when you walk into a room and you know you look good and you start feeling powerful and then you see people looking at you and all these things, you start getting all these inner voices in your head. I said, did you realize that the way that you view your insecurities, now you're projecting out on the crowd and fearfully assuming that like if you think your stomach's not flat enough for this outfit, you immediately go, oh, well, they can't be looking at me because I'm beautiful and I'm beautiful to look at. They must be looking at my stomach. They must be looking at the cellulite on my legs. They must be looking at this or this or this. And she's like, yeah. And I go, dude, that's all of us. That's not just you. I said, I mm -hmm. think body dysmorphia is truly just a part of our society. It's not something that's only just for anorexia and bulimia anymore. It's fucking everywhere, right? Yeah. And I said, so, I said, I have been experimenting with a new trick that I would like to pass on to you for your birthday festivities because there's not one ounce of you that should ever feel insecure. Like, you have to realize you're just making it up in your head. And I said, and it kind of sounds cocky, but it flips the energy and it stops the negativity. Said, so I went to a restaurant the other day, and when I walk into a restaurant, usually everybody looks at who's walking through the door, whatever. But again, you feel the eyes over everybody, and I'm the same way as her. I'm like, oh, God, are they judging my outfit? Am I too much? That's my main thing. Did I dress too big? Shit. You know, even if I'm in a hat, you know everyone's still gonna like look and peek and ooh, who's walking through the door. But again, as a woman or a male, I can only speak from a woman's perspective. You're like, oh God, they must be seeing all these insecurities. Um, oh, I hope I don't make a fool of myself. I hope I don't say the wrong thing. I hope I can just hold a fucking conversation, right? Cause sometimes it's not deep enough or sometimes it's too shallow and you're, you're like, uh-huh, yeah, that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. And you don't really know like how to pick it up. So then I look like I'm kind of like standoffish and prudy, but really I'm, struggling with being social the the more I get into this so I said I go in and in my head if the thought comes in because sometimes they don't but if they're intrusive I go I love everybody here and everybody here loves me I'm everybody's friend and I I want to be your friend I still have my protection up 
I said, if it comes to insecurities, I tell myself they're looking at me because they think I'm beautiful. They're looking at me because they see my soul. And I mm. tell myself this and then none of those things come in my head. I do not give it power. And it, it's not a one-time deal. You're going to fluctuate through all of the energy that you go through, depending on how you can protect yourself. Some people are super sensitive. Some people have a sovereignty that I'm super jealous of and can't wait to get to that level. Um, yeah. I'm still highly freedom. affected. <laughs> yeah, super freedom. I'm still highly affected on some occasions. So when I feel it sneaking in, whether it's in like a bathroom mirror thing, because you you sweat and now you don't look as hot as you did when you took your IG pictures earlier, you know, whatever it is, I'm like, I just have to remind myself. And then like, I'll look in the mirror and I will just talk myself up. Like, however I wish someone would talk to me is how I talk to myself. Like, I'm not waiting for somebody to say that to me. So it's anything from, ooh, you got this, you're a bad bitch, to you are so sweet and so kind and so intelligent and so humble. You are so serving, you're safe, you're so loved. Whatever yeah. I feel like I need to say to myself at the time. Again, I'm not waiting for someone to step up and be my hero and my white horse and go, oh, thank you for telling me what I've always wanted to hear. I'm like, I'm just gonna step in the driver's seat, right? And just take that shit away. So after I compliment trained her for like 40 minutes and was like, do this, do this, do this. She was like, thank you so much. I love you. I just thank you. And I was like, keep in mind. I was like, identify the body dysmorphia in your insecurities and realize it's all made up. It's not real. None of this is real. The only thing that's real is you are supremely captivating and beautiful. And the only reason anybody is going to be mean to you without you breaking spades is they're probably envious of how hot you are and they could immediately mistake you for a hot mean girl. And then all of us put up our weird walls. We're like, oh, she's super pretty. She's probably a fucking bitch, right? Like, mm, let's just move <laughs> on with our day. So I'm like, be, be the hot girl that surprises people because you're so kind and sweet and accommodating. And she is. She's just everything an angelic profile could have. But mm. she's stunning. And when she walks into a room, it absolutely terrifies her when people look at her. And she immediately takes it as a negative, like she's not enough or something. And again, it's not just her. It's all of us. So... I love having those friends, especially with you and your coaching business, where you're able to identify those blind spots through personal experience or for helping somebody else to kind of have that um, vicarious experience that you get to coach about as well. Yeah, like so many things just popped into my mind as you were sharing all of that. I do want to share like an, another exercise because what I want to say is like energy is energy is energy. What you are thinking, you are projecting, which you, but even further, like when you're feeling it, you're projecting it. And so, but the truth is nobody's thinking about us more than we're thinking about us. Like nobody gives a shit. <laughs> everybody's thinking about themselves. <laughs> and so we can also remember that, like that makes a huge difference. Um, and then when you talk about um, like the way you dress and things like that, the immediate thought that I had pop into my head. Okay, so we live in Western South Dakota and it's the world, we are just outside of the world famous Sturgis, which is a motorcycle, Ooh, well, it's a town, cool. but it's a motorcycle it's like route. The, the death spiral thingy, you know? Have you seen, it's like a wooden barrel type thing? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. I don't know what it's have, called, but it's like yes. world-renowned. Yes, 
I have actually cool. been up the stairs and watched the people do those things. The motorcycles, they're like on their side. You can't see me as you're listening to the recording, but you're literally on. They're on their yes. sides going around, accepting cash as people are dropping it in. That's insane. So fucking cool. That's so insane. But I mean, that's and that's so just like. cool that you're there. Yes. Oh, I got chills. It's my favorite. Okay. We don't have a bike. We just don't. Not yet. But. We love to, especially now that our kids are older, and my, like I said, my husband's in the military, so it's about finding trusting people, and, and we stay out late, but we go for the vibes, but last year, I was like, okay, this is the year, booty shorts, and leather top, and boots, and I am just gonna fucking rock it, because I don't give a shit, and I did, and look, I'm so glad, well, first of all, when it's 100 degrees, leather's not a good idea, oh. but you're, and you're drenched by the end of the day, but, oh man, I, I just felt, felt, like a Christina Aguilera music video. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, and I just owned it, and I think, like, that piece right there, and not to say you have to dress a certain way to achieve like a liberation within yourself or whatever, but, but that owning it energy and just feeling myself, no matter what I looked like, I just rocked it. And it was so much fun. And I mean, you have people wearing like jeans and just a plain t-shirt and tennis shoes to people wearing body paint mm -hmm. with just like a thong and Again, I, <laughs> like, I love looking at it and admiring it so much and I'm not saying yeah. like I don't have my showstopper days I'm just saying like my casual is like a band tee tucked into my jeans mm -hmm. with a flannel that I redesigned of some kind and then yeah. the summer's here so I'm in skirts and dresses and barefoot yeah, like that, like that is my thing. Like I want to be in a very long dress. I want it to hit the floor where I have to pick it up and just walk around. <laughs> it's so free flowing and I love it. I love it. I love yes. it. I love it. This girl dresses to the nines every damn day. And I, I mean, I don't want to put that much effort into my everyday routine. Right. I don't want to do that. I will yeah. do I will do enough to where I'm like, oh, I don't look scary. Great. All right. Let's get on with our day. <laughs> I look a little a little bit more than homeless yeah. and that's great. Yeah, Go I me. Look, yeah, awesome. You know, well sometimes because I'll take my daughter to daycare before I start work. So like the daycare version of me sometimes versus going and like getting on a podcast an hour later. Two completely different Cheyenne. Yeah. And yes. the podcast Cheyenne picks Monroe up at five o'clock. So <laughs> I come back in and she's like, oh, and I was like, yeah, looking a little rough this morning, right? And she's like, no, honey, you're always pretty. And I'm like, I'm going to pay you to say that. Yeah, just keep telling me that. Because <laughs> awesome. it, it is like, I'll just kind of like finger comb my hair and I'll wash my face, but I won't do like any type of application to it. And I'm not one of those people that thinks I have to have makeup to look appropriate. I just feel like I look more awake and alive and just put together, you know? So if yeah. Like, it really is for, like, the presentation of it and for me. But for the most part, I mean, I just enjoy trying to 
move closer to the all natural the older I get. Yeah. Because I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be one of those really older women that they have concealer that is three inches high under their eyes, pretending like that concealer is actually going to cover up wrinkles. I want to embrace my stretch marks and my wrinkles and whatever weight that I healthily get over the upcoming years. I really, I'm, I'm excited to get old, which is a big statement for me. Um, cause I really was hoping to die super young and that's not a thought that I have in my head now. So the gracefully and understanding that it really is an honor to be old and then trying to just build this part of myself up the whole way is really a big challenge because I do love playing dress up. I love going and doing all of that fun stuff, but it really isn't an everyday thing for me. And I always have to remind myself like, that's still not a self-worth thing. Like even if I just finger picked oh, yeah. my hair and got on a show, like I'm, I'm still a fucking goddess. So yes, like, quit exactly. talking shit about the, like the bags under my eyes today, like they'll go away. It'll be fine. But right? it's still a lot of self-auditing. Yeah. And that's, what's really cool about, I think being a woman is like, we can step into these alter egos. Like I've got my rally, Kristen, and I've got, you know, my, most of the time I'm in sweaty workout clothes and I'm like, great, this is fine. Or, you know, same, I love my band t-shirts. I'm like t-shirt and jeans or, you know, when the summer comes, it's still chilly here a little bit, but when the summer comes, there'll be some cute tank tops and some shorts and flip-flops, mostly shoeless with my top off my Jeep and like just free. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we get to be however we want to be. And like, when it comes to those intrusive thoughts, like the energy is important. And also I would love to offer a different perspective as well. That's not super well known. Um, but it's something that I've learned recently and it's been super helpful. So, when we think about the intrusive thought that thoughts that come in, have you ever been on a river float? Yes. You mean like, yeah. like when you get on like an inner tube and you just kind of like float down a river. Okay, Cause I, I was going to be like, Oh, like current river. But I'm like, I don't even know if you would know what that is. Cause you're from South Dakota, but if, are you talking <laughs> like a kayak canoeing or just like a, like a ride on an amusement park? Like, like down an actual river, but okay. you're on like an inner tube. Okay, I've done white water rafting. Okay. So that's what so, I'm picturing. Is that what I'm supposed okay. to be picturing? But more chill. Okay. So a little bit more chill. Okay. <laughs> it's the hand movements for me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, it was like this. I want you to know that because I'm deathly afraid of heights and water and I did it to overcome the fear and I did it and I never want to do it again. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so yeah, just a real chill river float, just water soothing. It's a beautiful 70 degrees. Well, I wouldn't say seven here. 70 is nice, mm -hmm. but most places that's probably not warm enough it's for a river float. So, a, you know, it's yeah, a beautiful summer day. Mm -hmm. You're floating down a river. The water is perfect. Maybe you have like a yummy drink, whether it's you know, an alcoholic beverage, or maybe you have tea or water, whatever that looks like for you, the sun is shining, and you're enjoying company, and you see a piece of trash as you're floating down the river, and you're like, oh, that doesn't belong there, so you pick up the piece of trash, and you float along, and you see another piece of trash, you pick it up, you're like, oh, that doesn't belong there, I'm going to pick it up, and then you're like, with the intention that you're going to throw that trash away. Now, when we, when we relate this to our thoughts, we don't actually pick up this trash from the river float. 
and we put it with our body and we're just like, I am one with the trash and the trash is now me. I love this visualization. Yes. So when it comes to your tra- the intrusive thoughts, I want you to, next time you have them, imagine that you're on this river float and you're just picking up, the intrusive thought is a piece of trash. It is not one with you. You are not taking it with you. You are going to just like Kobe it into the trash can and now it's gone and you are free and clear and just let it be as simple as that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Another lady told me I was talking about intrusive thoughts to her in a Reiki class Mm -hmm. and um, she she said, picture a Rolodex in the back of your mind. And every time like you're trying to do something, whether it's the inner critic or the skepticism or something coming in, the fear blocking you, she's like, picture the Rolodex and like the cards flying out and then pick up the card and go, you're not my thoughts and throw that bitch. (laughs) I love that one. That is awesome. Yeah. And I was like, well, I love I love cursing for comedy. You know, it's just that the extra love it so much. So if I can yell and make my bad thoughts fear me. Oh, Oh, yeah. Welcome to my dominatrix side. You stupid, stupid, bad thoughts. I am literally (laughs) going to make you my bitch today. You know, and then it's a whole other level of empowerment because you're like, I wish a motherfucker would. When it comes right? to those bad thoughts, excuse my yeah. language, I, I guess I should have asked if I can cuss on your episode, but I did it anyways. But it's your podcast. It's no, true, but that's my favorite word. <laughs> Me too. Both of them. I actually have a notebook collection that I design off of um, pictures that I've taken over the years and just like a bunch of poetic things. And um, my friend and I got together one day and I decided, you know what, I just want a creative notebook that says fuck on it in a bunch of different great graphic ways. So I don't know how many I have now. I think I only designed like five of them because then I was like, oh, I don't really know what to do. So I have a couple of them. One of them is like, um, I love yoga and the word fuck. And it's just like (laughs) in your face. But then there's one where it's like painted. But there's one that just says fuck, 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 like all over it. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to take that word back. Like it's all about intention. If I'm Mm -hmm. meaning it as a descriptive word, don't get perturbed. Yeah. That I'm yeah. that and I use it. It's fine. Right. And again, it's like what do you what is someone else making like I'm I'm not responsible for someone else's thoughts, but what are we making it mean when other people judge us? I'm like, I really don't care. Like I'm gonna talk how I wanna talk because for so many years I did like and this, you know, goes back to that witch wound, like I was that fear of being heard and mm-hmm. seen and showing up fully and authentically as myself. Like I did not cuss. And my husband would always look at me, he's like, You are not showing up as you online. And it's really strange. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how. Yeah. He's like, just be you and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm and he's like scared. Right? Yes. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, the amount of F-bombs that I drop now on my social media, I've not once been burned at the stake this lifetime. It's, it's weird. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> I had to stand up one time and talk, at, and talk at one of my friend's events. And she asked me at the event, like, she was like, I need you to fill like 30 minutes for me. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. She was like, I know you can do it. It's a whole long story. I've already said the story before, so I don't want to spend the next 30 minutes on it. But, like, I looked at her because she's, like, a cussing coach, too. 
And I said, if I get up on that stage, do I have a limit on F-bombs? And she's like, nah, you do it. You just take it away. And it, I mean, it was raw. I got to see the interview one time. Don't remember anything that I said. I know the subject that we were doing. And I mean, it was my story. So it was somewhat easy to talk about. But I started dying <laughs> laughing how many times, like even when I was like cheering on the crowd to like, you know, quit being a little bitch, you know, step up for yourself. <laughs> um, and I called a lady out in the crowd about how to step up for your fucking self. And I was like pointing at her and I was like, you bitch. And I just like <laughs> went off and then like immediately, like I give the microphone back and I was like, did I do okay? And she, she was like, oh. Oh, yeah. They got the message, babe. They got the message. But then immediately, like, I felt like all of this shame where I was like, what if they couldn't get the message because they were literally so perturbed by how many F-bombs F-bombs I dropped? And then I was yeah. like, oh, wait, that's not my fucking problem. And I went and sat down right. and had the rest of my day. But we still get so caught up in that because we're yeah. just, we feel so responsible for the way that other people are going to take our words. And again, like I need to highlight, if you have bad intention for what you're saying, yeah, that makes sense that you're going to be right. like scared of the repercussion, but when you have the right intention, you're going forward. Who cares? Yeah. And my favorite yeah. thing that I said is um what if the F word was like bubbles? was actually fuck. So like you walked around and you're like, oh, bubbles. And they're like, oh, you can't say that. That's a swear word. I'm like, look at the etymology of the word because we're the ones who put so much emphasis and so much meaning and emotion to make these things so derogatory, so to speak. But if you want to just go Google the etymology of the F word, um, it's not a negative connotation in the beginning. It really was used as some weird descriptive word. It was broken off another word. I haven't looked at it for a while, but I use that. I put that in my back pocket for a while when people would be like, do you have to use the F word so much? And I was just like, I don't fucking know. That's a really good fucking question. I'm going to get fucking back to you. You know, just kind of like push their buttons at the time. Oh my gosh. And yeah, you're right. And that's like the, that upper limit too, where our brain comes in. And it's like, Oh, but was that actually good? When you know, like you got off that stage, just floating or like you did a thing and, a, and you're just floating and then your brain's about like, Oh, but like, what if they didn't receive that? Ooh, did I drop this thing too much? You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, I sway between making I, sure I'm not like egotistical and I, and like, I do want to like deliver a message, but I don't want to be like unaccountable egotistical is what I mean. Or it's just like, yeah. like you yeah. need my words or like something like that. Like yeah. I don't ever want to be one of those people. Um, so I really, uh, ego and auditing, that's what I was going into. Like, I want to make sure that I'm auditing myself. I'm still growing. Like I'm not stunted or blocked or any way, or like I've just done something that like I know is bad, but now I'm bypassing it. So I don't have to deal with it. So yeah. I really, I mean, you really got to love the people in your life that you trust enough to call out those blind spots. Oh, yeah. Because um, calling it out yeah. yourself super hard. I get better at it because, again, conversations with myself. I literally named a poetry book after it that I still haven't made, but I'll publish it one day. Because um, <laughs> that's how it felt when I first woke up. Like, I was really, like, identifying with myself and all of those parts and thoughts that um, had been separated for so long. And then like you said, they yeah. all came back together. We're all one and we're all partying all the damn time. 
now when I go out and do stuff, and I'm sure you feel the same, whether it's like obligation stuff that you have to do, because I have to go to stuff for my husband's job too. It's a pretty good time. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty fun. But I still have all the, oh God, I hope I'm not socially awkward moments. Yeah. Um, and I have these people trained to a, like a T. So they talk to me about Incubus, concerts, my podcast, my daughter, and like the night's over. Yeah. So, like that's that, good. Love the people that know how to engage with you. Yes. And, and also it's like, you know, why am I, why am I questioning if I'm socially awkward? Like what, and again, like, what does it mean if I, if I quote, feel like I'm being socially awkward mm -hmm. and I love that also you found your tribe. I don't know. For me, my, most of my husband's stuff is a lot of fun, but again, a bunch of military guys and gals, like so just chill funny, smart ass, quick witted, mm -hmm. such a, like tonight, the one is an award ceremony, but we're, we always take Nerf guns and we have Nerf gun wars during this award Ooh. ceremony. And it is so fun. That's it's our fun. favorite event. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So do you ever have moments when you like go in the bathroom and just kind of have to like recenter yourself since you are, I don't like for lack of a better word, sensitive to the whole freaking room and like everything that's going on, whether it's high vibes, low vibes, in between, neutrality, whatever. You still just like, you're doing great. I'm so proud of yeah. you. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like maybe in the beginning, but now I feel like I'm at such a space where I I protect my energy. I know that the you guys can't see me right now unless you're watching the video. I do have a chunk of black tourmaline. I will probably take it with me tonight, but. Otherwise, like, I'll protect my energy before I go into a space. Um, sometimes if I'm talking to some spouses that may be, or, you know, anyone in general that may be complaining a lot, then I'll be like, I just need to go somewhere else <laughs> and just breathe for a minute. And, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe they just need to offload, and I get that. And I know, I know one of our superpowers as an empath is actually the fact that people find it so easy to talk to us mm -hmm. and and hold space and that is powerful and so also that energy protection and and knowing when to walk away and take a deep breath for whatever reason you need to um is important too so i feel like i've gotten a lot better about it there are definitely some places and it depends on the time of the month too because if i'm pmsing or on my period i'm like eh, no mm, i'm good i think i'll just stay home <laughs> I really think there's something to that, though. I was just thinking about the other day where, like, I'll have times where, obviously, I want to be social or it's okay to be social, but then I have times where it's like, I will get back to you when I am not this version of myself. I'm, I'm going to protect you from me, and I'm not saying, like, I'm going to hurt you. I'm just not as available as I would like to be for you. So instead of half-assing whatever interaction or conversation we're supposed to have, I'm just going to put my phone away and I'm just going to give myself more attention. Because even like, I mean, little bitty like hermit modes is the best way I could talk about where you really are just supposed to dive into yourself, whatever avenue that is from just go ahead and lay on the couch and don't do a damn thing to, you know, whatever you want to do. I my phone will go off and I'm like, 
my friends get worried if I don't answer the phone because I always answer the phone because if you're that friend, like when your friends call you, they're not calling to be like, hey, there's a fucking sale at Kohl's. You know, like they're <laughs> calling to talk, right? Yeah. And I love making myself available for that, but my boundary work, um, I will let it go to voicemail and then I'll ask my intuition like, they don't have like a gun in their hand or anything, right? Like I didn't, you know, I didn't miss that phone call. Um, but I don't, I don't want to give that part of my energy. I have that shadow side. I have that dark side, so to speak. But if I'm not open and receiving, I, I guess is the best way to do it. Then I really do audit it. And I'm like, today's a shy day. And I, we're just going to stay away from everybody. And I'm going to, I'm going to text my husband. I'm not fucking feeling it. Okay. Just so yeah. he knows. Cause it's not his fault. Which this is actually something I'd like to bring up um, to see if you've ever done this, especially with him being in the military and you doing a bunch of spiritual work. There can obviously be like gaps sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, when we actually got together, I hadn't dove like super deep into my mental health, but I still knew that I was supremely triggered by a lot of the stuff in my past. And mm -hmm. I realized when we moved in together, I was always like waiting for the other foot to drop and I knew it was from my past. It was nothing that he was doing. So I just brought it to his attention one day so we wouldn't have this weird underlying energy. So I said, you know, sometimes I come home and I'm so exhausted from talking to people all day that by the time I drive home and get home, like I'm almost to a beeline to the bedroom to get all these clothes off, to get in the shower. Like, I don't want to stop and kiss you. I don't want to talk to you or ask you about your day. Like I just need some time to come down from whatever I've come down to. And I said, or I said, I could go into an episode is what I called it at that time. And yeah. I don't want to be around anybody, nor do I want to call you like you're my mom and like tell you like what's going on. So we came up with a number system for stuff. And oh my God, I haven't used the number in so long. Oh, it's 777. So mm -hmm. for both of us, like whenever we're coming home and greeting each other, if one of us was on our way home, we would text each other 777. So we knew that you were in a place that you didn't want us to do anything for you, but you were acknowledging, hey, I'm having a moment. I need to go be by myself. And then we have up to four hours of no contact that you're allowed to go take and do whatever you need to do. But then after four hours, you don't have to get your shit together, but you do have to check in and you can be like, I checked into a hotel room for the night. I just need to be alone. Hey, I'm out here at the keeper of the planes meditating, which he like, he tracks my phone. So it's not like he would know where I was going. Right. We set this up in the beginning of our relationship because I knew about all of my unhealed shit that I didn't want to project onto him. And then obviously I had a spiritual awakening two weeks before our wedding and ta-da, we're here today. So <laughs> with you advancing all of your spiritual gifts, um, however far he is on his journey and his evolution, my husband and I are too, like he is the anchor and I am like, ah, floating away yeah. all the time. Um, and I can imagine that happens with you because the military is 100% left brain, instinctive, masculine, protective, um, yeah. all of that stuff. So do you guys have things in place when you're not like vibrationally matched? So you're not offending each other when you aren't? That's, I, that's really cool that you guys do that and that you've had that. And, uh, you know, Matt and I have been together 
forever. <laughs> uh, we are actually high school sweethearts. Oh my and God, I love of, it. It's my favorite oh my love story. So like we've been together oh. for 20 years and That's it's amazing. funny because I'm only like 21. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but we've been married for 16 and um, he's been in the military for 16 and so we've kind of been with each other through our own personal evolutions and growth. Now, when I went on my own spiritual journey, like I started doing like witch, like witch research and stuff like that when I was a preteen. Mm-hmm. And so it was, but I hid it away. Right. And where it's like, it started coming out more and more as an adult and then full spiritual awakening when we moved here uh, about six years ago. But for him, like to answer your question, no, we don't really have a system. Mm-hmm. I just kind of always did my own thing. And I'm like, great, are you in? Or are you out? But what's interesting is like, I don't force it on him. We've been marriage counseling a couple different times um, for like six months at a time. But I don't ever force my spiritual beliefs on him or anything like that. And he's just like, you do you, babe. But what's interesting is the more that I evolve and the more I raise my vibration and release all of my, like, you know, limiting beliefs, fears, and and wounding, the higher he vibrates, the more in tune he gets, the more supportive and as that anchor that he gets. Um, And... You know, I've even like stepped into doing like spells and things like that for the highest and best good of all, whatever. But it's always like, he's just like, cool, you're doing spells now. Awesome. You're not going to hurt me, are you? And I'm like, no, silly. I'm always doing it for the highest and best good. But like, as I raise, he raises. And that's just like, you know, I I think that happens in marriages and partnerships where they're either going to, you're either going to raise to meet each other or someone's going to fall away and it's just not going to work. And that's just how it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, he's always been an empath always. He is great at reading people. I've always said he'd be a great therapist or a coach, or but a in his role, right. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I think that my evolution also supports his evolution as well. And we, and it's just a coming together. Um, I text, I just straight up text him and I'm just like, shit is hitting the fan and I'm not okay. (laughs) So you've been warned and it means nothing about you. You did nothing. Or like this morning, the kids were fighting. They were screaming at each other. And I was like, this is what's going on. So just so you know, <laughs> I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> oh, I feel that. We do, yeah. we do like Monroe yeah. check-ins too, or he's like, how's your day? I'm like, get home now. Yeah. SOS. I actually <laughs> haven't used the 777. As long as I can remember, I actually haven't used it, but I pulled it out of him one time because he didn't even realize he was having a 777 moment. Mm-hmm. And that's when we were home together. And again, like that was established for me because I was like, I don't want to project anything on you. I have a bunch of stuff in my past that I don't want to deal with. And I remember feeling so comforted when we first got together because he's just like, I love who you are now and who I fell in love with. He's like, if you don't want to tell me stories about anything that happened back there, he's like, let it go. He's like, you don't live there, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, music to my fucking unhealed ears, right? What do you mean? I ever have to talk about any of that again and I can distance myself further and like never heal it? Yes, I'll marry you. Oh my God. 
<laughs> Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> when do we go? Um, and then I, you know, now that I say that out loud and hear it back, maybe that's why I had a spiritual awakening two weeks before the wedding. Cause they're like, ha gotcha, bitch. Right. You do not get to run away from that. You will have to go back and just check all that out really quick. So right. where did this all begin for you? Like I can totally identify with researching it, keeping it close to your heart and pretending like, oh, I'm not interested in that. Mm, no, that's weird. Um, but from evolving from the hiding point, when did you come into wanting to develop these gifts or like, how did it happen for you? Yeah. So, I mean, when you look back on your spiritual, like during your spiritual awakening, I think we do a lot of reflecting and how the fuck did I even get here? <laughs> like, how did this even happen? And the truth is it was always set up. Like, you know, I remember when we first moved from Iowa to Florida, I met this girl and she introduced me to the secret. But before that I was, you know, researching like witchy stuff and like whatever, but never really made it mean anything and just kind of hid it away. Um, but I went through my, and I like started doing like meditations and stuff like that throughout my adulthood, started like reading spiritual books and, and randomly, but not in like, it was never a coincidence, started connecting with spiritual beings, but not really understanding at the time. But when I went through my spiritual awakening, it was just like, this unbecoming of everything that I thought I was and how I was operating in my life. And that's when I started to notice things like Reiki, which was completely like I had heard of it, but I didn't really understand it. Were you skeptical? And then one of my, what? Were you skeptical? Um, or just like, I don't get that at all. I don't think I was skeptical. I was just like, this keeps coming up. And I don't know, like, I know I've heard of it, but I don't really understand how it works, right? Mm -hmm. And it was weird because I, I kept seeing it online, and then I was at a cute little coffee shop doing some work for my business and had my earbuds in, and I took my earbuds out. And the girls next to me at the table were talking about Reiki, and I was like, okay, I'm here, you, I hear you. And then my a really good friend from a previous duty station sent me a message and she was like, I just became an angelic healer and I do Reiki. And I was like, okay, do a session for me. Please explain all of this because this is so weird and this keeps happening. And she did a session for me. And it was like, at the time, like I was experiencing a lot of like anxiety and heart palpitations and depression and just going through the things. And, um, she did that first session for me. And I really, I like literally felt like my anxiety just dissipated. It was the craziest thing and I was like okay I'm I'm hooked and I started hiring all these healers and started doing all this inner work I actually hired a coach for email marketing to learn how to do automations and stuff and set all of that up and um, started learning more about like the moon cycle and the feminine like our cycle as a woman and and tapping into spiritual abilities in that moment as well, started doing Oracle card readings. And so my business naturally evolved as I evolved from like this hustle, masculine burnout mode. I was in the health and fitness industry. I was combining it with life coaching for my clients and was like, okay, let's go full-blown spiritual business coaching. Got certified in several different kinds of healing modalities, several different kinds of life coaching, um, Oracle card readings as I am doing this, my hands are even tingling as I'm talking, like mm -hmm. all of these gifts, like it was like the flood goat, flood goats, the floodgates just opened and everything started happening. And I was like, I'm seeing energy now, like I'm hearing spirit, I'm getting visuals and it was so bizarre, but I was like, okay, 
I'm good. I'm fine. We're just going to embrace this. Happens. I heard this happens when you study this stuff. Yes. Like it just opens. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. Okay. We're in this now. But for me, that evolution of like sharing it online was terrifying because I was so afraid of being judged. I went through my spiritual awakening with a really good friend, thank God. And she, we were having a conversation one day. She was sharing everything online. I wasn't. And she's like, wait a second. We have been talking about this for like six months. You're telling me that you are not sharing this online. Why? And I was just scared. So I was like, I'm just going to do it afraid. I did the inner work and just did it afraid and um, started just peeling back those layers and discovering who I was. But the more that I came out of the broom closet, as I say, the witchy closet, the more of those silent whispers of me too started happening. I was like, okay, I am exactly where I'm meant to be because these other people that I had no idea that they were in their spiritual path too are on their spiritual path. That's powerful. The me too thing on any of that, especially when you get uh, in the the right group who you can use the right words, right? You know, you yeah. don't have to like sit there and overly explain it or you don't yeah. have to like muddle through the skeptic looks, thoughts or the zombie over. They're like, yeah. oh, no, you're one of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, going online, I so I have a family. I mean, I love my family. I love all of my family. There is a major part of my family that, I mean, it's just not in their belief system. And I don't blame yeah. them because I understand how I was raised. And it took so much research, slowly convincing over time, to pull out the things that were the truth and then get away from the indoctrination and the suppression part of it. So trying to stay kind and lightly about it. I went home last Christmas to sit with my family that I know does not believe in any of this shit. And for all they know, like I'm a stay at home mom losing her goddamn mind. And they, (laughs) one of my family members was like, so are you doing any work out of the house besides motherhood? And I was like, Okay, calm down, Mary Berry. Okay, with your enunciations, for one. Um, I'm like, 2000, it's about to be 2023. I'm more than a housewife, right? Like, I just felt like, mm, I do, I'm so much more than that. But, so I, like, took a deep breath and immediately, like, I got, like, a higher self-download. And she's like, embody it, you know, this is this is a part of you. This is what you're doing. This is where you're working on. And if you're going to be ashamed in front of like your family, because you're scared of like their judgment, like how are you supposed to go out in the world around strangers and blah, 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 blah. So I was like, great. I love lessons like this because I'm going to get zombie face (laughs) from people that I love. I'm going to get skepticism. I'm going to get condescending remarks from people that I admire and love and, um, I really hope I don't cut your ass out of my life after this because I watch how your asses treat me. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I said, actually, I've been studying Reiki. And, you know, like the their insides are like, <gasps> not that they know what that is, but, oh, God, it sounds demonic. Um, and then I talk about energy healing. Somebody says a condescending remark about like, oh, like solar energy. And I was like, 
Oh, you know, because like I immediately go to like the sarcastic, my, my, bless your heart. Okay, I'm going to mirror you right now. I love you so much, I'm going to show you what an ass you are. Okay? Um, <laughs> and I just went, oh, I just remembered, like, you guys don't study any of this. I said, do you want to talk about, like, quantum physics, visual light spectrum? Like, do you want me to break it down for you to where it's tangible to where you are? <laughs> and I know that comes off, like, sounding like I'm on a pedestal or a hierarchy, but I just mean in the belief system that, like, this isn't allowed to be believed because you stopped here. Your yeah. ignorance has set in because you stopped growing. I never quit growing, and I my curiosity has never went away. And I think that childlike sense has helped me carry through all of these crazy things in your perspective that I'm learning. But it was a big freaking moment for me to go there and just be like, you know what, I really don't even care what they think about me anymore. I'm just going to do it. Saying it in front of them, a couple months later, I come out on social media. Hey, I just wanted to let everybody know I'm doing collective readings on TikTok. This is really just for me to develop my skills. I'm not planning on going full time with this. If you feel called or you vibrate my way and you would like a reading, come, come one, come all. Like, let's see how this works. I did collective readings for a while on TikTok. I loved it. Went into hermit mode and I didn't love it anymore. I did one TikTok live and I absolutely hated the energy of it. I don't mm. know how those readers do it. I never want to do a TikTok live with tarot or Oracle again in my life. And I'm so glad that I know that now because I was so excited to get to go live. And now I'm like, if I go live, I will literally have conversations like this. I did yeah. shows I did so many things that I had wanted to do just to show to myself. But like you said, like those first couple posts, you really are scared. What was really inspiring is people that I hadn't talked to in years or anything like that. Um, you can always contact me. Like I'm one of those people. And I mean, unless, yeah. unless we really like don't mess with each other, you can always message me. And I had people coming out of the woodworks whether they were yes. getting readings or they were like, hey, I just want you to know I've been watching your content for a while. Yes. I've been seeing your growth. And like this inspired me. This inspired me. I'm so happy you're doing this. I want you to know like compliment after compliment after compliment. And it was so sweet because you have no idea who's watching you, whether it's someone yes. who cares dearly about you that you have inspired them in some way, or it's a complete stranger on the opposite side of the world that they, the algorithm, you know, aligned you yeah. to at that time. And they're like, oh, she inspires me. She said the right sentence that finally planted that seed that finally got to me. And like, uh, that's what I have to remember. Like, go ahead and love your haters, right? Go ahead, do it. Love my fans is what my best friend tells me. I love my fans. Um, <laughs> but I have to always focus on the positive of it. And when I come up against those skeptical people, I still have to be like, you don't have to prove shit to them. Like mm -hmm. if they wanna have an open conversation with you, bring it on. I love conversation all day long, but if this is coming into a condescending skeptic, you, you're messing with the wrong thing, kid, blah, 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 blah. Like all the things that I've heard before, I still like, I don't get confronted with it enough now, but I, I'm happily to say you will trigger my ass and we will both see what happens at that time. Could be a pass or fail, but I'm going to figure it out with you.
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why, again, it's like, why am I triggered? Mm-hmm. Why am I triggered? I and, you know, there's just a lot of inner child stuff for sure. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's where the healing the witch wound is. Mm-hmm. If I, like, if someone were like, okay, well, how do I even heal the witch wound? It starts with the inner child. Because, and here's here's my belief system, is that we are having a human experience. We're here however we are here on this earth, but our soul is not separate from our human body. And so any of the work that we do in this lifetime, if you believe in reincarnation, then we're just going to carry this work and this liberation into the next life Mm -hmm. if we choose to come back to planet earth. And so it's like any of this healing that we do in this lifetime will also release us from our past lifetimes. Yes, you can get healing in the Akashic Records. Yes, you can get past life regressions and healings and various past lifetime healings. And also, don't give your power away to everything. You are a powerful, sovereign being as well, and you can heal that. And it does start with the inner child because it's like, okay, well, if I was bullied as a kid, this is why I don't connect with women in this lifetime and also well why why are women acting like that with each other why are kids acting like that with each other no kids will not just be kids this is something else that's going on because in the past we were all tribes we fucking worked together Mm -hmm. we helped each other and now it's like dog eat dog and everybody for themselves no (laughs) ma'am this is. is past life healing that we get to do in this lifetime the inner, the inner child, the inner teen's been coming up a lot lately with my audience as well. And really just looking at these things and healing them in this lifetime liberates you from the past lives as well. And definitely that unconscious programming you don't even realize you're doing. Yes. So many tips and tricks we could go into right there. So, okay. I'm trying to think of where we are in your story because I love tree branches. I learned so much from compatible stories. You turn it into a spiritual business. You decided that you're going to focus on the healers Mm -hmm. and really helping them with their limiting beliefs. So obviously you had your own limiting beliefs that you overcame and you're like, I have to tell people that, you know, everybody feels this way, even, you know, whether we're connected to source or not, like we're all going to go through these like ups and downs being the practitioner or the conduit, I guess, is my favorite way to say it. You really yeah. visualize the energy, like, moving through you. Yeah. Well, it was it was weird because <clears throat> I want to say about a year after my awakening, I had an Akashic Records reading. And I actually went back through it recently because there's some things that are coming up to, I want to say, two years later that I was just like, whoa. This is all happening now. My hands are vibrating again. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for what's to come. I've been working on it for so long. But it's she was like, wait a second. You're the healer's healer. And I was like, what? And I was like, first of all, that feels really big to carry. What, what does that even yeah. mean? And so I started, after that session, I started doing some journaling and some reflecting on the clients that I was helping at that time. Because at that time, I was doing like energetic healing sessions, oracle card readings, and one-on-one spiritual life coaching for women with stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And when I sat back and thought about all of my one-on-one clients that I'd worked with, as well as the people that were coming to me for healings and sessions, I was like, y'all are hidden healers. Every single one of them started coming out of the broom closet. And I was like, 
Oh my God. Look at this. I'm a talent scout for God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm using that one. Do it. That's freaking awesome. Do it. And so it was just like, okay. And then I want to say about, um, I don't even know what that timeline was, but it, I don't know if this feels relatable, but after the spiritual awakening, time just doesn't even feel real. It's just like it's so many so weird gaps. But it's yeah. slow at the same time. Yes. That's the weird part. Yeah. Like, what is it today? It's May. Yeah. So it's May 12th. And when I get on my calendar and I like, like you, like we have stuff booked out and we're like, how is it May? Oh my gosh, that that's going to be right here. But then. God, it doesn't make any sense either. No. Like time doesn't it's, make sense to me. That's completely relatable so with no way to explain it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'm glad I'm not alone because I'm like, it, what is happening? So anyway, crazy. somewhere along the line, I started working with a, a coach myself. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to step into this energy. I'm loving what I'm doing. But I need to, like, I'm ready to own this and what this is going to look like. And so I just started owning that I am the healer's healer because I was already doing it anyway. I just wasn't saying it. And so it's like, well, what does that look like? For me, it's that unconscious and that subconscious reprogramming with different modalities and also soul gifts is like um, spiritual gift activation is one of my soul gifts. New being able to neutralize or alchemize energy just by conversations. And, um, you know, I started like, teaching different, like teaching um, a healing modality and also like just launching different programs to really support healers. My signature program is the Rising Phoenix, which was created to um, help hidden healers go from hidden to here the fuck I am to really liberate themselves and to stand in their power mm -hmm. as healers because we, we need to. We're being called to step up and you know, just really being able to create, whether it's a free offer or um, showing up on social media or working with someone individually one-on-one -on -one through coaching and just really being able to peel back those layers through the mindset work, through the energetic work, through the past life work, all of these things to liberate so they can step into their power because the more that we liberate ourselves, the more capacity we're going to have to hold to be able to help our clients so they can help their clients and so on and so forth. It's just, it's like when the visual I get, is like glitter being all over the world when we do this work because it's not just us yeah. and it's not just our direct client. It's literally affecting so many different areas. And that is so powerful when we do that work and, and also allow ourselves to be supported through the process too. Yeah, that is amazing. And I love the glitter reference because it's so true. And I really... Even, again, like after the awakening, it can still feel so individualized because, one, you're finding yourself, you're finding your traumas, you're facing this, you're facing that, you're doing this. So you're so focused on yourself. And then here comes this collective consciousness, universal consciousness, we're all connected, universal law, one, all this comes together. And there is like a sense of purpose, but there's also like a, I don't, I don't want to say obligation because that's not right. I don't want it to be like negative. But there's some sense like when you do your healing, it just feels 10 times more impactful past yeah. you. And yeah. I mean, I was talking to another lady. We were talking about, you know, healing seven generations forward and seven generations back. And she and I said, 
I don't understand how they just stop at seven. I go with how infinite and powerful and amazing source energy is. Like, how are we only talking about seven and seven? And she goes, oh, well, that's the only thing that science can measure. So that is what they put out there. Like, oh, it goes seven forward and back. And I was like, I just, I just see the energy just going on, you know, kind of like if yeah. all of the chakras were open in that spinal fluid and that on like Kundalini energy almost could travel through the chakras. And as long as like no trash gets in the river, it just keeps going. Like nothing's going to stop it. Like now we're getting into physics. So like I didn't really buy the, the seven and seven, but I was really inspired by it because I've always, I've always had a love for my ancestors on both sides. And I know my mother's ancestral side 10 times more than I know my father's. So even when I was younger, like we would, like go to the cemeteries and take care of all of their stuff. And I felt such a deep knowing and connection to them, even as a kid. And there was such an honoring and understanding, like how we got here, you know, what happened along the way and all of that. So to be able to heal myself, one, sit down in meditation and talk to them, powerful. Yeah. But yeah. to heal myself and then just know that it helps them in whatever vibration they are all out in the world, it on a, it connects all of the info that I know is real. We are all connected. We are all one. We are each individual expressions of the same energy at the end of the same day. Um, I heard that from my friend Gina, actually. I do have to quote her on that because when I heard that I was like that is the exact sentence I've been looking for to explain what I'm doing here I'm just being Cheyenne for my over soul which is I don't even, have you tree branch have you ever thought about what your soul's name is because it's not <laughs> English right no right it's, so is it like light yeah. language is it like you know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought about that? Because you're, this is just one spark and one piece of a whole oversoul. So I'm like, yeah. do you call your Cheyenne yourself? Does my higher self respond to Cheyenne? Or is she like not an English name in a language that I have no idea because it's in a 12th dimension? All right. God, I don't know that I've ever like thought about what I call myself. But it's interesting because even, I would say even in the past, like, I don't know, few months when I'm being introduced as someone, I'm like, well, first and foremost, and I'm like, first and foremost, what? I'm a high vibrating soul. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, how do you even put that into English or words that people can understand? And I'm like, I know I'm Palladian. I know that I'm a star seed, but like, okay, well, what, like, what is even my name? Like, I don't know. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, floating around nameless as a high vibrating soul and it's cool and this lifetime I get to be called Kristen and another right. lifetime I don't know maybe right I'm, now I'm participating in the human experience on the blue planet and they, <laughs> my parents named me Cheyenne uh, my spirit's name that I called for my healing services is Moonbeam and um, I mean really honey you can call me anything you want but just make it nice or I'll beat that ass okay <laughs> okay <laughs> could you imagine introducing oh yeah yeah. I just, I'm just like imagining myself walking into like this military party tonight and being like, hi, exactly yeah. how you just said it. Yeah. The looks that you would give it like, what? You sell it like an Orbitz gum commercial. You're like, yes, yes. There's a Merkaba in my hand. Okay. Come get you some girl. Get over That's here. Hilarious. Yeah. 
you got to have fun with it for sure. I mean, because yeah. at the end of the day, we really, even though our spiritual beings have a human experience, there are still limits to what our brain can process yeah. at the time. And that was probably the biggest thing for me. Um, and I know you found it in yours and even in your clients is I have this experience. I don't have a definition. I have this experience. I don't have a label. And yes. humans need labels. Yes. Need and I have so thoughts, bad. but I am. Yes. And I have thoughts, but I am not those thoughts. And people have opinions, but I am not those opinions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Affirmations for days. Yes. So what, are you up, what are you up to now? Yeah. So right now, what I really am passionate about, like, part of my soul mission is that liberation piece of supporting healers and liberating themselves um, from the fears, limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, switch wounds, all of those encompassing things that hold us back from living in our truth and, and doing our soul's work, right? Um, I So on the spectrum of healing, that's the biggest piece of what I do that looks like the Rising Phoenix coaching container. I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching, the Activated Healer. And then um, on the business side, of course, because I fucking love business so much. I support healers in launching, relaunching and expanding their business because oh, you get to have wonderful. mindset and you get to have business. And yes. so it's kind of like this trifecta of badassery that happens with my clients of liberating themselves and launching and expanding. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That is so amazing. All of my friends that listen, I assume if you're listening, we're friends. Yes. If not, love my fans. <laughs> um, right. Um, but I assume if you're listening and you want to get a hold of you that you do like Zooms like that, it doesn't have to be like in person. Like I wouldn't have to come to South Dakota to be in front of you. Are you able to do like in person and Zoom, whatever audio, video thing you like to use? Yeah. So if somebody was in my area, I mean, we live on a military installation. So, I mean, we could definitely meet up, mm -hmm. but pretty much I would say 99.9% .9 of what I do is all online. It's via distance. Like my healing sessions are distance. It's on zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, my programs, I do have a couple self-paced programs that are video, but most of what I do is via zoom and distance. That's wonderful. I love it. And again, yeah. all my friends know you just go to the description on the episode and then you have all of her links anything, any way you could potentially get a hold of her, you can. I got that for you, friends. And I highly recommend it. I've learned a lot from you. I usually take notes um, as much as I can without like zoning out, right? Because then you're like, oh, what'd they just say? Oh, yeah. shit, is it my turn to talk? Um, but I've learned so much from you today that I'm just really thankful that you came on the show to tell your story, share your expertise, and Thank you so much for the work that you're doing because healers need healers. They really yeah. do need a safe space to go to. So I'm so glad that I met you and please keep in touch. Come back yes. if you have a follow-up or anything that you'd like to come on. I would always love to hear more about what you're doing. Amazing. Thank you for having me. I had a freaking blast. And also, I think I sent it to you, but... You know, um, on the topic of witch wound, I do have a free healing the witch wound guide that will identify if you oh, are a witch wound and or if you do feel like you were a witch in a past life, as well as steps to start taking now mm -hmm. to um, really liberate yourself and heal those pieces. Absolutely. Well, yes. when I post this baby, 
that, that'll be there for you as well. I think I might take it just for fun, but I definitely know that I have a witch wound for sure. And I, um, I, I'm going to go generational and I was probably killed in a past life. Probably just because of the way I talk in this life. Like, of course I got killed in a past life for talking shit. Right? right? Probably. You know? So, again, I'll go ahead and wrap this up because I'll start going off into little, little baby tree branches. So, today, Vitality Exposed is going to bring us a clip from one of my favorite bands in the whole wide world, Incubus. Uh, I got to see them at Wave in Wichita. Um, I was less than 20 feet away from the band, which is really exciting from a fan's perspective because you're like, oh my God, they're real. Um, and I can like feel their energy and la 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 la. So I have a middle clip from literally some of my favorite lyrics from the track Megla, Megalomaniac. Whew, hell of a word. So I'm gonna play that for you now and thank you again so, so much for coming on and thank you all for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is the Hoosier Media Network, your home for podcasting.